Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today as we continue our study of the book of Matthew. And today we're going to be finishing up Matthew chapter 27. Uh, we left off yesterday at verse 27. Jesus has now gone before Pilate. He has been tried. They have released Barabbas, and he has been scourged. And in verses 27 through 31, we see a few more of the steps that Christ had to go through uh, before his crucifixion. We see that he is, is mocked in this particular uh, passage. They strip him of his clothing in verse 28. It says they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They twisted together a crown of thorns. They put it on his head with the reed in his hand, kneeling before him. They mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took a reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. These men of this battalion apparently wanted to make sure that they, they got their punches in wanted to make sure that they humiliated Christ as much as they possibly could. And so they put this robe on them, purple robe, a, a symbol or color rather of, of royalty. They made this crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they began, of course, to mock him and, and to beat him before they led him away to be crucified. And after he had been scourged, they just wanted to dig a little bit deeper. Again, they just wanted to, to try to humiliate him as much as they possibly could before they actually killed him. They wanted to make this the most miserable death that anybody could have ever died. And they did. Because in the following paragraph in verses 32 through 44, we see uh, his crucifixion. It says, As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to, to carry his cross. And when they came to the place of called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. They sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left, and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who had destroyed the temple and rebuilt it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So as Jesus is there and he is hanging on the cross, they take his clothes, they cast lots for it, those that are passing by him, not even really involved in this situation, just passing by, mock him. Those that were there said, he saved others. He, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he, if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him the same way. Again, this was not a normal crucifixion. This was not a normal execution because, for one, all of the trials were illegal. There were no real uh, accusations. 
he had committed no crimes. He was innocent of everything that they claimed he had done. But not only that, again, they were trying to make it the most humiliating and devastating execution that anyone has ever gone through. And then in verses 45 through 56, we see, we read about of his death. It says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. That would have been from noon until three o'clock. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion of those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake that took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So Jesus, as he hung on that cross, of course, for those six hours, he was there hanging on the cross in those, those three hours that we just noticed in verse 45, there was darkness. And when he finally died, the the veil of the temple was torn. There was the earthquake. The tombs were opened up. After his resurrection, all of the, the, the saints that were there, they, they were resurrected as well. And, and these, these events were so awesome. And I don't use that word as we typically do in our common vernacular, but actually awesome that it even caused the centurion and those that were watching over, the, over him to finally admit truly this was the Son of God. All of these things that we've seen, of course, all of the miracles should have proved it first, but all of these things after he has died, the darkness, the earthquake, the tombs opening up, the veil in the temple being torn, all of these things finally got some of them to admit that he truly was the Son of God. And after he had died in verses 57 through 61, we see his burial, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a wealthy man, part of the council, he he uh, came and and took the body of Jesus and he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and he laid it in uh, a new tomb that he had recently had cut out. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. So Jesus has now died. He has been buried, but something important in verses 62 through 66 happens. Here we read about the guards that they set over the tomb. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember now that imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. 
Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to him, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. So after Jesus, he's died. He's been buried. These guards, of course, they the Pharisees rather come and and they say, This man says that after three days he, he was going to be resurrected. And so we want to make sure that that's not going to happen. We want to make sure that his disciples don't come and steal his body, which is something we'll notice it tomorrow in chapter 28, something that they said, and it's even something that people say today, that the disciples stole the body, but there's a lot of problems with that, and maybe we'll be able to look at a couple tomorrow. But either way, they have these guards, and, and they set it up. It says they made the tomb as secure as they possibly could by sealing the stone and setting a guard. They put some sort of tar, some sort of pitch, something around the stone to seal it as much as they could. But on top of that, they had the guards sitting there and watching it to make sure that the disciples did not come and steal the body. And so here in chapter 27, we have kind of the final trials of Christ, and but also his, his crucifixion, his scourging, and also his death and his burial. And so if you will come back tomorrow, as we look at chapter 28, one of the most important chapters records one of the most important events in the history of the world. And so come back tomorrow as we, we look at Matthew chapter 28. I thank you for your time and for your attention here today.